Good morning, good evening, wherever it may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast 770, 756, 756, yeah, uh, my microphone is drifting all over the place today. Um, but on the show today, we have John White, as always. Good to see you in the studio. That's good. Did you make it across the bay? I did, I did. Today was a... Uh Feel gray with a flex of brown underneath the surface. So Still gray and I don't know. Brown. It's been yeah. chilly. We've had a, a sweep of cold weather come in the yeah. Bay Area. So winter is back. In fact, I saw a snow report from Tahoe again this week. So oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, the winter is just not going to end. We had a kind of a fake summer there. Yeah. I remember way back when when uh, uh, I think it snowed or was wet until June. So I tell people that back in '94 in the Bay Area, it was cold and rainy all the way into June, and we had a very short summer. So anyway, on the show today we're going to go vm world 2019 strategy and content with kate hind and allison crooker so uh, they're in the studio so guys welcome to the studio hey facebook out there nice to see everybody hi uh, thanks for having always. us yeah yeah very excited reg went live this week he did he went live on may 7th yeah so we're, we're excited about that we've been doing social all week and uh we'll get into you know why you might want to register to get that hotel done early because it is open and uh, when, when people ask me like well, why do I have to reg early there's a couple things that we'll, get, we'll, we'll talk about in the show um, you, but for now let's do, let's do the news and then we'll j- jump into VM world so and the news I know you got a couple things I got a couple things I guess I'll start sure, uh, but, uh, news this week we announced AWS uh, AWS is going to be reselling VMC Right, and uh, that's 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 new. So right, right. again, we've been doing these cloud announcements uh, over the course of the last four to five months, and this is yet another big one, right? Which is AWS is going to be selling VMware software. So I feel like a book writer, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're making software, selling it on AWS, and and they're excited about that. I mean, we did have some of those announcements about other cloud vendors and what Dell is doing mm-hmm. on some of the other cloud vendors, whether it be IBM or Microsoft or others. So that's kind of cool, but you know, if you come back to AWS, and AWS is the is the big guy in the house, and we're excited about that. And right. I'm turning my head on the mic too, just like all I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's one thing that was in the news uh, that, w- that we wanted to talk about. The other thing that we, you know, I'm going to just cover every show is the key dates for VMworld because it is that season. So I'll just go through those and then we can uh, talk about VMUG as well. So global early bird for both shows, I- 0507, which now it's 06. It's May 8th, by the way. Um, so that's open. So Reg is open. So go get your early bird Reg done. Uh, global content calendar, 068. 2019 early bird registration US 0621 early bird registration Europe 0726 schedule builder 0816 schedule builder Europe 0924 conference US 0825 through 0829 and conference Europe 1104 to 1107 those are the key dates so uh, listen every week we'll, we'll just keep talking about them because they're key dates and you got to know about them so yeah. John what's new in the the land of VMUG yeah, so as promised, the weekly VMUG report. Uh, right now, the Orlando VMUG UserCon is going on. So uh, if you're listening to this live, you can uh, run out and catch the last three hours. Um, tomorrow, uh, the United uh, Arab Emirates VMUG event is on. That's in Dubai. Uh, that's May 9th. Also, May 9th, Southeast Idaho VMUG meeting in Rexburg, Idaho. 
the London VMUG meeting is also tomorrow, May 9th. Uh, that's uh, 10 to 5.15. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a nice uh, meeting meeting. Um, and it's listed as EC4A. I actually don't know what that means. Maybe somebody in London can uh, uh, let us know what that means. Uh, Wichita, chat. Yeah, yeah. Wichita, Kansas, uh, VBeers is uh, also tomorrow, May 9th in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, the Christchurch uh, VMUG meeting is in Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, and it's New Zealand, so it's probably uh, um, today in New Zealand. Uh, and then tomorrow, May 10th, uh, PG VMUG in Prince George, uh, British Columbia. Uh, the Louisville VMUG in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and then on to next week, the, uh, let me see, May 14th, the Sydney VMUG in uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, VMUG Chile, uh, 14th de Mayo, <laughs> it's on January, Chile. <laughs> and, uh, and then on to the 15th, uh, that's uh, VMUG Vancouver, uh, in Vancouver, BC, and uh, Providence VMUG, uh, Warwick, uh, Rhode Island. Not actually in Providence. Nice. Interesting. Uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, FW VMUG meeting as well. So, All right. Uh, so get to vmug.com and check out the event schedule. Yep. Make sure that you, that you register, get join up, and uh, and come hang out with us all over. And just uh, I'll do a quick update before we get into the main topic, which is I am going to be in the at the Pittsburgh VMUG UserCon. Uh, I think it's the 22nd of May. Uh, they're going to have a hackathon, so I'm going to go up there and uh, do a hackathon. We're going to try to do some Kubernetes on Raspberry Pi hacks, mm -hmm. so that should be fun. Kind of try, try to link it back into a PKS uh, Kubernetes on AWS. So that's what we're going to try to do. And if you can't make it to the Pittsburgh hackathon, I can assure you that if we get it working, we will have it at the lab tables uh, at, at VMworld. So Very if cool. you want to come do some Raspberry Pi hacks at VMworld, world this is another reason to register because we're going to have the code booth there uh, we have the code sessions none of that's been announced yet but uh, I can say that we're going to be doing some of that and we are going to be building Raspberry Pi Kubernetes uh, clusters and then we're going to be able to allow you to do that the workbenches and then uh, tie your your app up into Q, uh, PKS on AWS so should Very be cool. a lot of fun there so I'm looking forward to getting getting out and uh, hanging out with uh, the guys at Pittsburgh, and I will be doing the Raspberry Pi uh, giveaway uh, sensors as well. So I think I'll have a, a hundred or a hundred and some uh, uh, small little display sensors that are going to be giving away, as we did in Denver and in Toronto. So looking forward to getting out and seeing everybody at the VMUG there. And with that, we can transition to our guests. So, uh, Kate, maybe you should introduce yourself first. You're director of uh, uh, experiential event marketing, I guess is what I you am. should say. But yes. tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been at VMware, and what did you do before you came to VMware? So, I've been at VMware coming up for two years. So, this will be my third VMware, the second that I'm actually actively working. Um, before then, I was working with Visa. I did 10 years at Intel. Um, I also worked with a small cybersecurity company called FireEye. I've had a pretty broad range of companies I've worked with, but I've been doing events pretty much nonstop for 20 years. So a bit of yeah. experience there. So it's the experiential marketing element is really the sort of the visual, the representation of the event, 
but I'm also responsible uh, on all the operations side and all the communications and marketing as well. Yeah. Every year we used to have Linda Britt come in, but mm-hmm. not, you know she's now a VP, and so I, I kind of see you as the new Linda Britt, right? Oh, You're no, 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 The content <laughs> is definitely in, in Alison's side. We have some fantastic team of people, registration teams as well. Teams as well, okay. I just get involved on the operations, so operations. I'm the one who... Uh, yeah, this is the one that I always have to work with, right, because mm-hmm. we, we do op stuff all the time, and of course, uh, Allison as well. Well, that's good. So two years at VMworld, and then this is not your first rodeo, not your second rodeo, probably your 100th rodeo when it, it comes is. to events. It events. is. My 100th rodeo right. for sure. Right. Robin Matlock <laughs> always likes to say that. This is not my first rodeo. We were talking the other day about that um, couple on my team, and I think this is my 20th fifth VM world, give or take, because wow. um, I've been here 12 years, plus Europe, US, and that. So it's getting up there in numbers. And people go, are you tired of it? And I'm like, yeah, it's like it's like being an ice cream vendor. Year. It's like, I like making ice cream cones, right? I, <laughs> I, I like doing this stuff. It never gets old. It's fun. Yeah. It's educational. And you have new people joining the ecosystem. You have people dropping off the ecosystem. And you have people that have been there the whole time. So it's not never, it's just, it's, it's just what we do. It's what we do. Fun. So, Allison, uh, tell me about yourself. How long you've uh, how long you've been at VMware? What do you do, and what did you do before you got here? Absolutely, um, I've been at VMware for a year and a half. This is my second VMworld that I'll be working on. I've been in the content event content production business for twenty plus years as well. So it's not my first rodeo either. Um, I've worked previously right before VMware. I was at Nvidia, and I was running the content for their GPU technology conference for the last six years. <laughs> Go hang out and do Bitcoin stuff. Oh, honey, (laughs) (laughs) lots of sessions on, no, no No. sessions on Bitcoin, actually. It was all about AI. So, um, Uh, yeah, even though the GPUs were used for a lot of Bitcoin. All right, I'll stop you there. I got a, my son does computer science in Carnegie Mellon, and uh, he had to go get AWS cloud services to do his project. And it was getting some 16-way GPU, you know, machine, Mm -hmm. NVIDIA card in one of the AWS things to do, you know, AI. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So you guys did that. Okay, then you came to VMware. So then I came to VMware. I'm the director of event content, and for VMworld US, we're in the midst and Europe, because as you mentioned, June 18th is when we go live with the content catalog. So we're in the midst of selecting the 1,500 or so sessions that we'll be uh, offering this year at both US and Europe. Right. So I don't know, John, do you feel the stress starting to build yet in your world? Because I know that the three of us are starting to just feel the pressure of like, I finally told my wife yesterday, okay, leave me alone because the pressure is starting to show up and I actually have to do a ton of work now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, it's, it's definitely building. This is the first year that I actually submitted for a session. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the kind of uh, stuff is ramping up and I'm going, I wonder if it's going to get selected, you know, that type of thing. Um, and, and that's it's the first time that I've actually gone through that process. So uh, very, very interesting. So, so first thing on my list that uh, is good, because I, I saw the website, uh, there's a new theme this year, right? There is. Uh, so maybe we should just talk about that. It's kind of exciting. I actually like the theme, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the theme? Okay, so every year we try and select a theme that is appropriate, both to the location and to sort of the trends that are going on in the environment at the time. So the one we've selected this year is called Make Your Mark. Um, I think we're showing that on the, on the, uh, the channel. Yep, vmworld.com. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, um, we put it on the Facebook channel right now. Right? Right. So it's it's really fresh, youthful, and fun. We're trying to make this sort of theme a little bit different. You know, It is about you personally making your mark in your environment, but also bringing some of the information 
and the education back to your organization. So it's making your mark both for yourself personally and professionally. Um, you'll see that theme evolving throughout the event, both before, during, and after, in terms of um, where we put the placements and the images and how we activate on that theme as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty great theme because uh, if I look at, you know, AWS, networking, the, the whole thing is coming together. It's a much larger ecosystem these days, yes. and you really can make a mark. And there's such a big opportunity across you know, all of the things that are going on, the multi-cloud, AWS, hybrid cloud, uh, to you know, just getting down into storage, vSAN. Yeah, like you can choose. It's like I feel like I'm at this huge university now. Uh, I was in community college, and I transferred to the giant university, and there's all these things that you can go spend your time on, and you have to select, but you can... You know, it is about making your mark now and yeah. doing doing interesting work. And I, ju I tweeted out Sanjay Puna's tweet this morning where I feel like VMware's done such a great job of moving IT practitioners' careers forward, staying relevant, and you can continue in 2019 to That's make your mark. absolutely right. And you can just right. go into certain content and learn more and expand your own professional knowledge. And, and potentially take that back to your organization as well. So, and right. that's the focus of our content this year. You know, we heard loud and clear from all of our attendees that what really makes VMworld important to them is learning about um, experience, having experiences and content that they can take back with them to their offices. It's their day-to-day -day jobs that they need some help on. So we're not only expanding our technical content, but we're also offering a professional development track this year. They were really well received last year at VMworld, right, US right. and Europe, so now we're calling them out, we're expanding that, and uh, we're going to give them some more content on those, on those topics as well. That's actually really good because that is one of the challenges in this you know, kind of hybrid environment where you've got so many pieces of technology. You almost have to have a career track that says, where do I want to go and how do I manage you know, what I can, because at big university, it's about what you select, right? And what you say no to, and where do you, where do you take your career and, you know, be selective because there, it is, it, there's more than you can consume. So I can see where those would be important from a career management perspective to have those. Um, so uh, operationally, we'll, 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 we'll step, before we get into tracks, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just address the, the elephant in the room, which is San Francisco versus Vegas, right? Um, you know, we, uh, we, we know it's out there. I put it on the list, so we can, uh, we can at least talk. Are there good things about San Francisco? Um, you know, what's, what's our narrative here? What are we okay. trying to tell people? So, so let me go back three years. Right. So Moscone Center, which is in San Francisco, which is our home, our home base, was going through major refurbishments, and we made a decision to pull out for three years while they were doing those refurbishments. Many um, conferences actually stayed, but we decided it was the right decision. So there was a lot of actually... Oh, and thank you, by the way, because yeah. that, right, that would have been a mess. No, right, and, yeah. and, and there was a lot of um, concerns about moving away from San Francisco to Las Vegas, um, and we such a mixed bag of responses going back. People said, it's fantastic, we're back in our hometown, we can really leverage more executives being on in, on the, on situation as well. Um, but of course, there are a lot of people who still like Vegas and are offering, saying, why don't we go to Orlando? We, a bit like Salesforce and Dreamforce, we like to stay in our hometown. Um, I know it's yeah. not quite our hometown, but I think it's really relevant um, because it just gives us so many opportunities to get more people there, to get more engaged, to get money, more technical content as well. So. It's, it's a great town. I mean, I, I've right. lived in our eight years from the UK, and I love San Francisco. There's so much to do, so much opportunity with food, and people will enjoy that. 
Yeah, I, I personally think that Silicon Valley is kind of the leadership space. And when you start talking about AI and you talk about self-driving data centers, right, and automation that's controlling that, and, you know, it, it really does. I mean, we have Uber up the street. We have AI, you know, startups all over the place. Yep. When you really talk about the meeting the experts of the future, Silicon Valley has a high density of that. So, yes, it's more expensive, but at the same time, when you when you run something in Vegas, who you get are the people that come for VMworld, the traditional core. When we do it in Silicon Valley, who you can bump into and who shows up for some of these things are a little bit more diverse, right? Absolutely. Which And so you get what you pay for, right? You're going to get a, a better content uh, exposure than if you just create an event, go to Orlando, the people that go there are the people that buy tickets to fly somewhere to go that. So yeah. it's interesting. That, that. Yeah, the, the Valley has this density of companies, startups, you know, small, mid-sized companies um, that might be interested in presenting content or uh, going to the show that maybe don't actually have the budget to, to kind of do the conference circuit. Because usually when you do the conference circuit, you don't just decide to go, well, we're going to do VMworld this year. Really, it's a commitment to go, well, we're going to go to AWS reInvent. We're going to go to Microsoft Ignite. We're going to go to mm -hmm. Dell Tech World. We're going to go to you know, VMworld. So it's like a commitment that's like you know, 10x the size of, well, we'll just do a local show. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, example of that is we're, we're going to do VMware code sessions and we're recruiting some um, cloud native uh, use cases and companies that have done a good job. And one of those uh, that's in the Bay Area uh, is Tinder right now. You know, Tinder actually builds a pretty, pretty intense app, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they use cloud native services. They do uh, uh, service, uh, service design application. And so getting them to come up, they wouldn't come to a remote place, but they'll come because they're in San Francisco. You can get Women Who Code, also mm -hmm. a place like that, where we can have Women Who Code. We have CEOs that can come and talk about subjects that we wouldn't necessarily get to go other places now. We get dichotomy of what do we do in Europe versus what do we do in the U.S., but then same, same, same thing. So it has its advantages. It obviously has its disadvantages. We talked a little bit about, you know, expensive hotels, which is why you probably want to reg early, right? Absolutely um, right. Um, so with, with early registration, you have the opportunity to get access to the hotel pool. Right. Um, so that's why we are actively encouraging people, not only the benefit of having a slightly uh, more cost-effective pass right. cost, but also just the hotel early registration. So make the most of that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, on our side, me and Corey were talking about, you know, there is this class of social evangelists that come, they're a very small percentage, right? But they're important to us as a community. And, and, and a lot of these guys come on their own, their own ticket because, you know, their, their companies don't send them every year. Some companies will send every third year, but these guys, you know, they want to come because they're part of the social community ecosystem. And what I would say there is that, yeah, we, we you know, me and Corey are talking about, you know, the V-Expert party. Maybe we'll do a, a, a V-Expert hostel. Right. We're, you know, we, <laughs> we, we're, we're looking at Airbnb going, like, hey, maybe we can get an apartment building. Right. <laughs> you know? um, so I think you could be innovative if you'd still want to come. If you're one of these guys that uh, aren't your company isn't going to pay. I know guys shopper tickets to be brown bag people and others. Uh, you know, there's a way there's ways to get it done. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tricky. You're going to have to be a little bit innovative on how to get here. Uh, but I guarantee you it's going to be a good event and it's going to be fun. So, yep. yeah, you should try to figure out how to solve that. And let us know if you really are desperate. We, as community people, can hook you up with other people, right? I think I have a couple bedrooms. You know, you have to commute yeah. on a train, but, you know, there's, there's ways to get here. So you should, you should make that happen. I have to uh, say, uh, I've been by the Moscone Center since the renovation ended, and I have to say that 
it's going to be a lot better um, than it was before. There's a lot of like running across the street and waiting for for traffic lights to stop and and now there's some like uh, overpasses. Right, yeah, right. two overpasses, and then there's also just a completely different configuration on the street as well. Mm-hmm. But the actual building that's changed the most is the south building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much lighter, much brighter. It's just a better way, better layout for ease of access. Um, so we're really pleased the way it's developed, and we're glad we waited. Nice. All right. Cool. Good. All right. Uh, I'm sure that's been an uh, operational fun for you, but I appreciate all okay. the work you do there. Uh, Allison, so we, we move to now uh, tracks. So we have theme tracks again this year. Do you yep. want to just cover what they are? Absolutely. And you can also see all this on vmworld.com under the learn tracks tab. Um, so you can show that while I'm going over. So once again, we're aligned to the basic solutions framework that VMware is aligned to in terms of our products. So you'll have our hybrid cloud, multi-cloud, modern apps, networking and security, and digital workspace. And underneath those, there are subtracks. That's all one track? That's Just one. Which, that's one track? That's that one again. huge track. So the people don't have hybrid to cloud, many clouds. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those are five distinct tracks. Yeah, yeah. And under which we have... I can't imagine why we need a career advice track. when that's, you have to, I need a track just to teach me about the track. But, well, of course. And we actually do have a new V session. So all, everybody who's new to VMworld gets to hear about how to manage VMworld on Sunday afternoon. So new oh, V. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice. All right. Yeah, it's a staple. So. All right. Sure so that's uh, one track. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one big, huge track. <laughs> right. And then we have this other little track called Emerging Trends. And that's kind of our bucket load of, of where we have ML and analytics. We have um, our DevOps, which is code. Right. We have right. Octo, which is our office of the CTO. We have some of our future trending topics yeah. in that Emerging Trends track. That's where we live. That's yeah. where you live. Right. Even though we've kind of sort of pulled you out a little yeah, bit, little but that's bit, where but, you live. But in that, in that category. Yeah, you're kind of like professional yeah. development. Right. You're, you're consistent and appropriate to everyone. Right. Um, but under those five main tracks that I mentioned right. that mm-hmm. VMware products are, are aligned to, we have another 13 subtracks. So there's a lot of great content. There's 700 sessions about in the U.S., 500 in Europe, um, technical as well as some business level. So if you're new to a product, you can take a business 100 type level session. Um, we also have our showcase keynotes, which are wonderful opportunities for people to get an overview of, of those five main tracks that I mentioned. Right. Um, to learn more about hybrid cloud from a high level, and then you can dive deep into the subtracks. You know. Nice. Uh, one thing that I, I noticed with the tracks this year is that um, we we did uh, call for papers where we did call for papers, but they were mostly for people at VMware, right? And uh, some 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 grumbling, but not really much. Everybody kind of just moved forward and uh, didn't notice. And what I would say that's good about this is I'll tell you a story on my track mobile history of going to like twenty some VM worlds. Um, Twenty-five. I, yeah. I yes. That might have been an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 10. <laughs> anyway, in 2006, I think was my first one, right? And I came back in 2007, and I noticed that they were the same sessions. Like it was, oh, this company implementing vSphere, and oh, this company implementing vSphere, and oh, and we used to scan these things and put them online, 
Um, and I would go through and look at the numbers of, you know, how many people are watching online the videos. This is back when we had a little virtual pavilion. This is back in the old days um, where you could come into a little avatar and watch sessions in the theater and all that kind of stuff. Um, but interestingly, how many duplicates they were from customers that had installed. And now as we've matured, right, everybody knows how to install vSphere, right? Everybody knows how to set up vSphere. And if you don't, there's like 500 videos that we've recorded out on, the, on YouTube to take you through that and that. So I, I like the idea that we've, and I've, I've always kind of went like, gosh, guys, I think we've had enough install vSphere, you know, 6.7, you know, tweets, blogs, articles, you know, like we've got that covered. And what I like about what we did with the sessions this year is that, yeah, we've tried to look at like innovative places where you, you need to learn the technology. And there's other places you can go get how customers did something for the sixth time. Mm -hmm. right? And so I like that approach. Yeah. And, but, you know, back to that call, the difference in the call this year, it was really to um, allow our, our customers and our partners to instead of having that heavy lift of putting together a full call and then, you know, feeling that they've invested all this time, we really wanted to better match them to the sessions that we already know that we're going to be putting on. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work being done with customers and partners to align them to the, the correct sessions instead of having them submit stuff that may not be in alignment. And that was for naught. So it was, that was the reason behind it. Other thing on the sessions that I'm just going to go through my tick of things that I don't know. It's like, wow, I got the guys that are in charge here. And I, I have them. Yeah, I have them. They can't escape the room, right? They, they have to answer. Right? Um, session registration, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these things fill up pretty quick, mm -hmm. right? So you come into Schedule Builder and you got like two days. And if you miss that, which is why I'm repeating the dates every show so everybody knows when that is. Um, one, it's important that we stick to that date so that everybody understands when Schedule Builder opens up because they do fill up. But they don't fill up. It's not like a rock concert where they fill up in seven minutes, right? No, so, the hands-on labs tend to because tend to. There's the, the expert-led workshops for the hands-on labs tend to because they're small form. They're 40 people, and right. they're very popular. Right. But we do time some of those releases. So we've learned our lesson, and we know they're going to fill up. So we hold back some to that the first people fill up and then we'll release right. some more and then we'll release Because I always more. wondered on a global perspective, how do we know what time during this date? Like, do we do it at UK, you know, at Greenwich Mean time zero or do we do it at New York time? We do publish the exact we time. Do. Oh, do we you? do state which time zone it's in as well. Yes, yeah, we, ah, we do. Nice. All right. We'll so we're going to have to figure that out, right? Yeah. And then put that on my list. Yeah, so we won't keep it a secret. We'll yeah, let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. Yeah. All right, good. Because I think that's, that's key. I don't think we've had a lot of feedback from the community on people not able to reg. It's most like they didn't hear about it for a week or they weren't listening to our podcast and then they come in and you know things are filling up. Yeah. Um, we do also capacity management. You know, it's on the I, back that end. That was where my question was going to yes. go. Was yeah. to give you so, guys a, a nice softball pitch over the plate well, you. that you could hit, right? So thanks. Um, yeah, we do a lot of analysis and we see what, where we are with registrations, with favoriting that the catalog actually allows you to do. So even before Schedule Builder goes live, we're getting an idea of what's popular, what's not. So we'll make some moves even before that. And then once Schedule Builder goes live, we really get to see if we need to make some moves. And we hold rooms. We, you know, we, we, yeah, we work the system. Yeah, I've seen it where you've opened up uh, other, other things. Yeah, or but, we'll do a repeat. Right. You know, we'll start to say, hey, this is really popular. We don't have anywhere to move it. Let's do it again on Wednesday. And we'll work with the speakers on That's that. That's really yeah. interesting. And operationally, so. we can actually, sorry, we can also move 
sessions into different rooms if we really, really need to grow capacity. We have that option up to pretty much last minute. Which is what I, I, I'll take a moment and say, this is why early registration, and I'll let you go next, uh, sorry, um, why early registration and getting there do that? Because you guys are actively managing, and actually services change based on the trajectory of how many registrations we get, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what we can do, what session rooms, what halls, even auxiliary stuff changes, you know, and budget changes. Even sometimes I'll get extra money for my program just because we got more registration Absolutely. and the event team feels comfortable that we can cover certain features. And, and right? you know, there's some staples just to, to add to this, you know, we will have bacon, but there are certain things that we can add to the menu when we get increased registration. So, right. so as an operational team, we're always working to improve the program. We always reinvest back into the program. Right. I right. bet you're pleased right. about the bacon, aren't you? Yeah, that, that made me laugh. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I think I didn't understand was that going into the schedule um, when it's first released and favoriting things would influence maybe the initial capacity room of of that uh, mm-hmm. of that session. So I think that maybe we need to push the word out a little bit more. Is is there like a feature where if I favorite it at a session and it starts to hit capacity and schedule builder maybe 40% or 60% that I'll get an alert? Ah, that sounds like a technological wonderment, but at this point, no. We, oh, okay. we have talked to our, our uh, platform, mm-hmm. Rain Focus, which is who we use, um, about something like that, flagging mm-hmm. it, and we're not there yet. So okay. Okay. this year, no. Maybe 2020, there'll be something like that got in it, place. Yeah, and we should we should uh, talk a little bit about the mobile app as long as you mentioned that, right? Um, the mobile app is now more and more important. You know, it's it's pretty much what people use to experience the the uh, the conference now, right? So you guys are kind of totally in sync with that. You guys are spending a lot of time, and then features that you do plan out sometimes take a year or two just because you have to build it in the mobile app, right? Yeah, and the good news is we're actually going to be launching it two weeks before the event. So typically we've done a week and there's been a lot of requests to have it launched earlier. So today we have commitment that we'll be launching two weeks before the event. So that does give you the opportunity to look at everything that's going on and to sort of judge your time and how you're going to use your, your time there. Right. Uh, and one thing I do have to say, as long as we're, we're still talking about sessions with Allison, right? Um, one of the things that if you're giving a session, and I'll, I'll tell this to the mm-hmm. community members, right? Because we run the brown bag sessions, we run VMware code sessions. Those tend to be more community oriented because we're it's a community program. Um, if you cancel a session, you're a speaker. So V Brown Bike has had this. What kind of pain does that create customers, right? Like, because you, you see the perspective of the back end when, you know, somebody comes in and says, oh, I have to cancel my session. What does that mean to you guys? Yeah, it's, it's awful. You know, it's a horrible but, experience. But why is it? Why is it? Because I don't think anybody understands this in our community. Well, I, you know, we advertise, we market, we, we do a lot of pre-work to make sure that people are registering for our sessions, right? We, we spend a lot of effort making sure they're butts in seats, as we call them. Okay. And then to have a speaker cancel, especially at the last minute, it just leaves those people left high and dry, and we scramble to try to find an alternative for them, you know, to give them something else to do in that time slot. It's a lot right. of last-minute running around trying to facilitate, you know, to, to the benefit of the attendees that were there. Right. And I don't think the speakers, the community speakers, that understood that when you actually, you know, change, or a lot of them will go, oh, wait, 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 I can't do it at this time because I got something else, and I want to do it at a different time. And then mm-hmm. it, what happens is... Uh, you know, you, we have to do all this shuffling right. on a 
room and make that work. But what we probably didn't realize is that all the people that registered for that speaker That's also right. have to go back through and redo their schedule. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. right. No, it's something that we really we work really hard to make sure that speakers commit, and when right. they commit, that that they're there. Yeah, and when we were debugging this, you know, we always look last year. What did we do well? What did we didn't do so well? And we we went through that, and that was one of an aha aha moment for me. It was like when I realized it, it wasn't less because we experienced it from the schedule builder trying to get the new thing in at the right time and manage all the speakers. But what we really never realized is the pain that it causes the guys that registered for the mm-hmm. session, right? And, they, and you see that. And I wanted to just say one other thing to the um, sessions filling up. Mm-hmm. You know, we also have an on-site capability that we do have people who book their sessions and don't come. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a percentage. It's a right. strong percentage right. that do that because other things are happening at VMworld meetings and ancillaries and, you know, lunch or whatever. So I always tell people that you can always come to a session, even if you weren't able to get in. If you really wanted to be there, you should go to this session, stand in the wait line. Chances are you're going to get a seat. Yeah, right. you need to do that early, especially for the, the really the re- popular yeah. ones. Because uh, I, I would say, you know, I, I don't know if they limit like the time at which you can line up, but uh, no. sometimes <laughs> like try. people will, you know, I you know I really only came to the show for this you know, one or two sessions, so I'm going to go 30 minutes early for that one session. I mean, that, that I saw that for some uh, VMware Cloud and AWS sessions. Yeah, I saw that last too. Year. I, saw that so, too. Uh, I really like that model, though. I, re- I really love the lineup model, you know, for overflow. Um, I re- relate it back to my raising my four kids. Uh, Palo Alto had these summer classes, and they, you know, they made you line up. Um, but it was a great democracy thing. If you really wanted something, you could go at four in the morning, stand in line, get a chair, sit with your little blanket, have a cup of coffee, right? And you wait your six hours and you get your kid into that summer class, right? And I always respected that. They later changed it to where it was a lottery and, and like it doesn't give you – so you, to, to Allison's point, great. It's great that you can – there's overflow. A lot of people get in on overflow, so don't feel too depressed that you weren't able to get into Schedule Builder. And then the line system is the great dem- de- democracy, right? You can decide how important it is to you, and if you're the third in line, you're probably going to get into the session. If you're the 50th line, you're probably still going to get into the session. Um, if it's a big if session. It's, if it's a big session. <laughs> it's a and, big and, and I know you guys are looking at how full it is and managing room sizes and – You've also duped sessions, right? When yep. they are full, you'll, yep, you'll, we'll repeat. you'll, you'll do a repeat. And right? then, of course, you have the online the content available post the event. Yep. So yep. that's another benefit you have. If you right. really, really couldn't make it, then you potentially can see that content after. Yeah, yeah. So, so all in all, you know, fairly de- democratic and uh, works pretty well. How are your reviews? Um, you, no one ever gets to hear about this because this is all the back, backstory stuff. Right? Reviews of I, what? Uh, of the sessions. Like you guys, yeah. you guys take feedback. Yeah, we take right, a lot on, on of feedback. Sessions. How does that play into oh, what you're doing? It's a huge part of our process. Not only do we take the feedback very seriously, um, and we then take that and we have this whole red team process where we have everything from you know GMs of departments through to you know solutions engineers as a part of the process to look at that data and to help us decide how we're going to change to meet the expectations of the attendees. For instance, technical content very clearly said from our attendees they wanted more of it. They wanted deeper sessions. They wanted more technical content. So we actually changed our session types. So we are offering 30, 60, and 90-minute breakout sessions. That's new this year. We're also offering workshops, two-hour-plus workshops, on Sunday and Thursday. 
So that's new this year. So we heard what they said, and we changed our session types to meet that. So that's just one example. Nice. Nice. And then we'll see via attendance whether people vote with their feet. Right, right. They, they gave a, a, they filled out a comment card and said one thing, and we'll see. If we'll they, see. If we, we survey actually. before the event, during the event, and post the event. And all that feedback is really, really critical for us to grow and evolve the event going forward every single year. We aim to improve it. And then to your point, um, Alison, about red teams, we get a lot of internal feedback. We get a feedback from our agencies. So we, we have mountains of information, and we do actually read every single item and element. We can't always address and make it happen, but we certainly take on board the, the overwhelming voices that we hear. I, I hear the community session results are like uh, 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 off really? the charts, right? Like I just hear that they're amazing. You like, would say yeah. that. <laughs> no bias in that comment. No bias. And I, I got to say that we were part of AWS this year for the first time. V Brown Bag went to AWS and uh, we had VMware Code at AWS and we did a little bit of hybrid of both of those sessions. And it was so difficult to work with them. So you guys are like rock stars from a back-end perspective because we didn't get to see that. I've done 25 VM worlds, right? And I can't remember, but I went to Unix Expo and did sessions at Unix Expo back in the 80s and 90s, like, uh, so way back when. Um, but I haven't been involved in the back end until AWS and oh they're so difficult, right? So you guys do a really good we job. We would love to hear feedback from your community, you know, just provide us with the opportunity to, to hear what they have to say. I don't know if they're making any chats at the moment, but yeah. so anything that we, we can do to improve and evolve our, our events every year, we'd love to get that feedback too. <laughs> oh, we're we getting some now, are we? No. Uh, so one question in chat is how many presenters back out each year? Well, actually on the breakout session, a handful, like literally few. a handful. Yeah. We, we do it in a process. So when you're first accepted, you have a chance to back mm -hmm. out. You know, and basically that's your out. Before, right. After that, it's really slim chance that you're going to. But things happen. You know, people have emergencies, people have babies, you know, so a handful. But then we find replacements. So Alison can find out where they live, though. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We have their PI on. <laughs> I mean, things can happen. People can get sick. I right, mean, exactly. So that in that, in that handful right. are those people. Right. Right. And right. there are some presentations um, which I think have two presenters potentially. So mm -hmm. sometimes one can just take in, yep. step in, and take over. Yep. Right. 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 Okay. Good. Um, so we talked about why registration is uh, early is important, right? A uh, little bit um, hotel and uh, and just being able to for you guys to plan appropriately the the number of people are there. I don't think there's anything else on that topic, right? Um, I I think that the, the hotel dollar figure. That's an important thing mm. to just underline. I remember, you know, getting the approval when I didn't work at VMware to, to register at the last minute. And uh, I, I want to say that it was $450 a night and that wasn't outrageous. So the ability to go in early and, you know, swing that by $100 a night can be like a, you know, $500 swing for, for a person. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to take you through the process. So what we did is we, um, we, we, pretty much three years ahead, we start to explore space and, and hotels is one of the primary things we look at. Um, we make an estimate of how many room nights we can guarantee or how, many, how, how big the block should be. And we work really hard with every individual hotel. We have about 47 hotels here and, and the same number in Barcelona. And we work with them to say, okay, if we buy a room block, what can you negotiate for us? And we're continuously trying to negotiate. And there are always times when you'll go online directly or through um, some form of portal and find a cheaper rate at that hotel. Of course, that happens 
in the natural world anyway. So we're really always working hard with hotels to try and get the best prices. We, there's no profit in it for us. We literally just pass on exactly that, that, that price to them. But it is a very expensive town. We know mm-hmm. that. Cool. On chat, this is not relevant, but I'll just throw it out there. V Brown Bag Talks are now open. So they did uh, Ooh, open okay. the reg for V Brown Bay Talks. Um, you can go in our chat window at vmw.re slash pod. Click on this episode, which is what episode number did we say it was? 476. Yep. And uh, and in the chat window, there's a link to the V Brown Bag reg. Go get your sessions in because we're going to be we're going to be doing this all through Allison selecting sessions getting everybody notifications. This year on the code session piece, it's important. I'll just switch gears a little bit here. Um, we're actually giving away session passes for maybe 18 or so of the hour-long sessions we're going to be doing. So we have a session hall this time for the code community sessions. So that's interesting. That's yeah. new. Yeah. How come we get funding? This is, this is awesome. Well, you mentioned how popular they were last year. And, you know, it's a, it's a focus of the company too. So um, we wanted to get that goodness into, you know, full form and breakout sessions and give you guys a room and expand right. the program. Yeah, and I know that you guys also um, on the operations side gave us a discount price. So for some of the V Brown Bag sessions, we have a selection that you can mark and you have to be on the honor system of can you afford to come, right? Do you need a pass or do you not? So we, we get uh, uh, submissions. If you check the box that I, I need help, then we, you guys have given us a discount uh, on passes. So I'm not going to mention what the discount is, but it's big enough that I can spend some dollar amount, you know, 20K or whatever, and get a block of passes that uh, we can actually help fund communities. And another thing you guys do from a community perspective are our blogger passes. So mm-hmm. for the bloggers, because this is yep. a community podcast, uh, we got a lot of bloggers, and I think we give away maybe 80 or some larger number of blogger passes between U.S. and Europe for, for bloggers, which is also good. So thanks for guys for supporting, supporting us on that as well. Europe. We should we we kind of yeah. yeah in my head I always go U uh, S U S everything U S San Francisco San Francisco uh, Europe Barcelona we've talked Barcelona. about why Barcelona but maybe we just touch on Barcelona sure I'm I'm happy to t- say why Barcelona so Barcelona um, there's three reasons really primarily the weather is a little bit more reliable than some of the other places that we tend to do this um, Barcelona is probably the one location that is big enough and we again we've grown again this year we've actually taken on another hall to accommodate food and beverage so we are growing and expanding and Safira at Barcelona allows us to do that so that's one of the main things and again Barcelona is a fun town it is a fun people town. love being there yeah. they love the, the opportunity and the choice they have in and around the event as well yeah um, it, it has been you get used to it and then you like it and then you'd like to like to oh, go I'm back. back again yeah <laughs> it's like back again but it, but it is a good venue I would say that the, the European conference when we first started I forget what a year was 10 or 11 or something in 2010 uh, I forget when we did it was tiny right like it was really tiny if you look at it now it's Catching like up. it's like you know, yeah. they're siblings. Yeah, this is, growing this is every like, year. This is brother and sister, brother and brother, whatever. They're they're peers, right? Like, uh, I almost would say that Europe has uh, almost got a little bit higher buzz and vibe to it in the last year. Last year was like, I looked at Europe and I said, wow, we had more community engagement, more people, more, mm. you know, 
people from people from Europe are very interesting. They bring us cookies and odd chocolates and you know fun stuff from Europe. But it's always been small quirky. But now it's not small quirky. Now it's giant. Not quirky. So the way to your yeah. heart is through your stomach. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And then and, 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 uh, Julia put the camera over here, which is side view now, which I don't like the right. side view. I like the frame on view. Uh-huh. See, this is much better than this. But that's just the way life is. Um, but yeah, it is a, it, it is a, 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 it's as good as U.S. now. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that, and it, it changes a little bit, uh, but I would almost say that if you peer-to-peer really good we used to try to sell people on it's going to be the same we're going to do the same exact thing don't worry you're not sacrificing not flying all the way over uh to, to us to come to it but now it's just like uh it's as good and now you've you we've grown it a little bit as well right? yeah yep. and yeah. from a content perspective we really do want it to be unique like we really think about europe we're not only thinking of europe content for european attendees you know mm-hmm. so there's some messages that will carry over, right. but there's some messages that are unique. Well, yeah. it's 30 more days for um, developers to get product done and, exactly. and into the pipeline and feel secure that, okay, if we announce it in Barcelona, then we'll, we'll actually be able to deliver. Right? And one, I think it, maybe it was two years ago or last year that we got introduced to the idea of airlift. <laughs> um, the capacity, <laughs> the ability of, of a city to actually land 10,000 people at, at a single time and, and that really, like, limits the number of cities that you, you could yeah. conceivably go um, and, to, right? And 14,000 is the goal this year. Wow. So, we, you know, we are growing. And so, and to Alison's point, I think the interesting thing we've seen is that this year we're, we're really looking at European content, people delivering it from Europe, so that, that it isn't just us taking the American event and just right. slapping it into Barcelona. It's actually really evolved. It, 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 yeah, it de- definitely has. And uh, to the to the airlift concept, like we were talking about why Spain year after year. And uh, I think Linda came in and taught us a little bit about this, which is why it's great to have you guys here, mm-hmm. because we just learn a little bit about the back end, uh, where we're always in the community front end, what we're doing, what people are doing, you know, how do you run things on things and all that. And, and we whine about the food or we whine about why is it in this place or that place. And we just whine because what else are we going to do? Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're social, um, but really, you, when you when you start looking at the things you guys have to put together in order to make something, airlift was one of the ones that Linda goes, "Yeah, sure, we'd like to go, you know, to London, but you know, or places that just logistically you couldn't make it happen anyway, even if you wanted to." There's very so. few venues in Europe that can take that capacity. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, so we'll shift in. We got uh, about ten more minutes here. Uh, thought I would just shift into, um, yeah, we're V experts. We're the community. We're the V community. We, you know, we get things done. I, I like to call the community like the army. You know, we aim the army at the battlefield and we win business, right? Um, growing beyond just our own space, right? Um, what are some of the uh, things in you guys' mind with regards to content or operations or marketing around growing VMware, VMworld into other markets or other spaces? Do you guys have a couple particular target spaces? You're trying to bring people in, like networking or security or other things. And what can the community be doing to try to reach out into these spaces? And maybe I should answer that, but maybe you should tell us, you know, from a growth perspective and growing into these other spaces, what do you guys, how is, how's that, how do you, how do you tackle that? 
Or do you try to tackle it? Well, we definitely do. Um, you know, our content is developed not in a silo, right? So we are you know, infinitely tied to VMware's growth. So our content at VMworld face-to-face event is actually very tied to where we're growing to. What are the new products? You know, our SaaS kind of models, are they going to be highly talked about? Is going to be discussed, and that growth strategy is, is directly relevant to the content that's B, at VMworld. And then also we have our V forums. We also have our V forums, and we talk about um, those same topics on our online channels during our V forums. And then we're also looking at VMworld as a 365 kind of content dissemination platform, so that we are looking to grow our content right. um, as well in, in alignment with the VMware growth. Right. So uh, one of the spaces is obviously SaaS services, yep. right? And uh, doing that. One of the challenges you always have is um, y- we have sessions. Do you know if the session guys are actually looking at how to get people access to these things? So you talk about it, but um, how do I actually, as a practitioner, I come, there's a SaaS service, there's Wavefront. Um, I wonder if these guys are doing trials or some way when you come and engage, whether I can go home and actually try to get some of these SaaS services. Because, or maybe it's in hands-on lab. Have you guys seen like SaaS, hands-on lab SaaS services? Uh, it's, it's kind of a orthogonal, but it, it does hit me in that we're, so we grow into SaaS services. Mm-hmm. We go, we're in the, grow into AWS. And we have PKS and AWS. We have Wavefront and AWS. We have these things. And it used to be, I used to be able to come home and get online, go to .com and download, and go download the thing that I just got, uh, yeah, I just got trial, a presentation right. on. Yeah, right. Got a, uh, yeah, exactly. Or if I buy the VMUG Advantage, I get a, right. a year trial. Right, right. right. Um, there is this an interesting dichotomy of as we're selling SaaS services, what does it mean from a try and buy? But also, what does it mean when I go to a show and, uh, and get a tutorial on what that is or when I go to a lab? Uh, I don't think we have answers to that, but it is one of these things that uh, as we transition into these other audiences, right, where we expect to bring people and train them, but if I bring you and I train you for, with an hour session, but then I can, can't mm-hmm. do anything when I get home mm-hmm. because it turns out the VMC and AWS, it costs me 20 grand to set up a VMC and AWS. I don't have 20 grand to go. So I came and I did this session, but now what do I do? Now what? Now what? Now what? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. So there is this uh, new learning that we have to do in this education to in my lab to now I purchased the, right. which something that I think we have to learn how to do. And yeah. I, and I don't have answers. No, you don't have And answer. I really like this conversation. Right. So, you right. know, that's something that I right. take note of. And now I go back and I think about that. Yeah. We talk so, about it. Right. Which is, which is now I, I'm going and I'm starting to learn a little bit about it. What's my next step? Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of fun. Can, can uh, I ask some uh, questions? Like there was, uh, the last couple of years in Vegas, there was a kind of a parallel networking, like a vendor-neutral networking conference was going on. I, I don't even remember the name. Yeah, it, it, that like, was like one year. I don't think they did it last no? year. Okay. FutureNet? Yeah, yeah FutureNet. Oh, FutureNet goes on every year. Oh, okay. so that's, that's very specific. It's a, it's a very tailored, um, smaller conference within a mm-hmm. conference. Um, takes place on Thursday. It's by invitation only primarily, but um, that's a very specific fo- focus on the networking people. Mm-hmm. You're correct, and I think what you're asking is, are there other, other places for people to go once they've heard something that they want to go and just talk about it and discuss it? So we are discussing how do we make sort of a lounge environment, a community environment where people can go after they've heard some content from right. a general session or from a, a breakout session that they want to just talk about it and meet an expert mm-hmm. so that we have them meet the experts. But 
we're trying to see how we can evolve those that concept um, to include all of these different new areas for us. Okay. Yeah. And then here's here's another question, a difficult question. What kind of metrics would you need to see in order to do a VMworld Asia APAC? So we do V forums. Yeah, I know. Um, which are highly successful. Mm -hmm. And some of those V forums, even the one in Japan, is is really large. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like eight thousand. They have a thousand people. It's like pretty much size. It's might as well call it VMworld, except it's V forum world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Whatever. And and one of the branding issues with a VMworld Asia is, and, and I've done a lot of conferences in, mm -hmm. in Asia, and they're generally free, right? Uh, okay. So VMworld is a paid for registration. V forum is. Free. Mm -hmm. So unless that dynamic in Asia-Pac changes where conferences are valued for actual dollars, amounts, or mm -hmm. you know, whatever, uh, oh, the heavy investment. I didn't know that. That's like yeah. a, See, yeah. another challenge. A, new, a new answer. And the, and the language barrier is right. a challenge. So mm -hmm. although yeah. English is our primary language for both countries, um, I think it's more challenging even in Asia-Pac where there's literally there's no common language potentially being used. So you, having one event in as an APJV VM world would be really difficult to do. I mean, mm. we offer translations to three languages in the US, and we do are running some sessions in their own languages in Europe, but it's, it's again, it's, that's a, it's a sort of logistical challenge we are aware of. It is a heavy lift to mm -hmm. invest in um, translation services, exactly. especially at a technical conference. It is, because right? they have to be so quick. I mean, yeah. translation is just like simultaneous, it's really challenging. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll loop back to my original question, which I'll answer the part of my question, which is how can uh, community help? The community help, um, we're going to do a call for blog articles on key sessions. Mm -hmm. So when you're in content calendar, right, and you see a session that you like, that you think you know a lot about, we're looking for blog articles across all of those key content things. And we're going to do a call for blog articles, and then we're going to promote. So if you're a blogger, you're listening to this, and you want to get traffic to your blog, uh, we're going to do a big thing where we're going to be looking for 100 blogs across all those uh, sessions. And then we're going to do social media, because this year, we're, my social media team is actually doing the social media for VMworld this year. Um, in previous years, we've used vendors and agencies. This year, Tommy Berry, George Lazios, uh, Josh Millenthal, they're all doing social media for VMworld. And one of the things we're going to try to do is do you know, video snippets. So Julia is going to go record the top 20 uh, session authors. We did this back in 2008. You know, this is the problem of doing so many VMworlds. We've done everything <laughs> at least one or two times. But we're going to do that. Plus, we're going to do for call for blog articles on those sessions because what we want to really do is get people excited about the topics, be able to come into a session and know. So it's kind of like pre-work for mm -hmm. the session. Mm -hmm. Then you'll understand more about the session. And when they get into harder topics of the session, you're good at that. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be shooting some videos videos and we're also and so anything you can do for blogging uh, do that um, if you if you if we're going to publish some hashtags uh, out there for adjacent markets that we want to try to penetrate and we're also going to be doing paid into those uh, adjacent markets to try to increase the awareness of some of the cool things that we've got in SaaS services which are not traditionally our V everything kind of market space so uh, growing that is going to be one of the things that we're going to do so that answers my part of what we're trying to do and what we're calling the community to do which is blog articles uh, retweet with hashtags uh, we're going to try to push the envelope of what does it mean in AWS and all these other markets to to have the V community show up and uh, make an impact so uh, we're doing oh, great. that. Uh, 
We're at the top of the hour, so I'll close up with my favorite question. And I'm not going to ask uh, what band we're going to oh, have. I knew you I'm not going to ask you that. I said I wasn't <laughs> I was gonna, I was not going to ask you that. Um, I am going to ask you, though, and you can decline it. It's fine. It's a perfectly good question uh, to have declined, which is do we know where the venue is going to be for the party? Yes. Are we allowed to say? No. No. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So we, yeah. It's well, linked to the band. We're, we're closest yeah, to right. getting the band name. So yeah. as soon as we have yeah. that, we'll make sure yeah. we have. Yeah. I know. I know. We 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 have limitations on what we're allowed to do social about all this stuff. So it's fine. Uh, we always look at the the days back in the the San Francisco. 40, the giant stadium, but that also depends on whether there's a team playing that weekend, all kinds of stuff. And so we are not in the stadium. Oh, all right. Well, that's there you the only thing so, I can tell you. All right, that's okay. what we can know. We can know that. All right, cool. Um, we are uh, doing the V Expert party this year, just so so mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we've been looking for. I tell you that the leading idea. You guys can give us feedback on it. Um, you know, let Corey know and social. We're thinking about uh, renting us uh, an area. We want to do a beach party, but it's going to be too cold to be a, do a beach party. We want to do outside, so we're going to try to rent a parking lot, and we're going to try to rent uh, five mechanical bulls and have barbecue with bull riding, right? So everybody can come in and Make line sure up. Make sure we get an invitation. Get a, get a, get a, Make sure like, there's insurance. The problem with bull riding is that you have to pay $8 and you fall off and then you're done and you feel like you just got ripped off your $8. So if we have these five bulls and everybody can just get back in line, we can have like, you know, everybody can learn. I don't know, though. On the other hand, I'm kind of fat. That's relating to the rodeo again. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. So we're, we're voting on that one. That's our best idea so far. We'll see how it goes. We're also thinking about maybe renting the zoo. They rent the zoo. Oh, the that would be fun. Zoo, and then you can go have barbecue outside, and uh, that could be fun. That might be eat offensive the to the animals. Right. Well, you're not eating penguin, are you? Hopefully. Uh, I, I want to have like a run through the tiger cage. And, you know, <laughs> if, if we don't have a expert party where somebody gets killed, I think we haven't done our job. Kate, uh, Allison, thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you for inviting us. It was a lot of fun. Um, We learned uh, quite a bit, and uh, we're really excited about this year, and we hope we can uh, make it better every year. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Julia, thanks a lot. Everybody on Facebook, thanks a lot. We'll see you guys again next week. Uh, We've got some uh, guests lined up. I forget who it is, but we do have a guest for next week, and I think the week after that, too. So keep on going, and then we're going to start showcasing VMworld sessions once Conic Calendar calendar comes out so until then uh tony foster you got any barbecue report i don't it's been too wet here in kansas for me to actually be out and barbecue we've gotten four inches of rain here well what i would say is that i learned how to make uh we do barbecue at the end of every podcast so we open it up with the color of the bay report which is apparently steel mud what was it (laughs) gray and mud (laughs) yeah gray gray mud and then uh, barbecue um what are the yellow things, banana plantains? I learned plantains. how to make plantains, plantains right? Uh, which when you do a bar- jerk chicken, uh, you need plantains with rice yes, and black beans. Yes, and it do. turns out the magic to plantains is uh, you let them get completely uh, black. black. Like you don't buy them when they're kind of green. No. You, they have to be Ooh, almost no. rotten. Yeah, dying. They're nice and sweet. Yeah, then. and then then you fry, you slice them up, fry them, and uh, they turn out perfect. So is that the, the starch turning to the sugar? St- yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Plantains and they're always more starchy than sweet. Yeah. And I expect the banana flavor, and I'm like, oh well, that was the wrong expectation. Yeah, if you get them and they're not super ripe, which is black, then um, they they haven't gotten that sweet. Yeah. They'll just be very starchy, like a. Potato chip. Uh, I'll, I'll say for barbecue, uh, uh, my wife did uh, 
pork ribs and pork shoulder over the weekend. And so and we didn't get an invitation. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did it on the smoker on the Traeger, which we got working again. And uh, 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 both both cases it was like a 90 minute smoke, and then for the ribs it was a 36 hour sous vide cook. Wow. Yeah, and that I I don't know if I can eat ribs any other way. Nice. Yeah. All right, it's 1 p.m. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank uh, we're gonna we're gonna let everybody go, and until then, have a great week. Talk to you later.